I'm Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Log. Uh, this is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness and self-development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. This podcast is a lecture from my 10 Wisdom Goddesses online program. If you're interested to learn more about the goddesses, to listen to more lectures, be guided into meditations, rituals, and different levels of self-practice, please feel free to check my website, dijan.co, for more details. Dumavati is a big part of our life. Dumavati is a big part of our daily life because she is, this energy is in everything that is unwanted. That's how you need to get it. Because when I am uh, studying different texts around Dumavati, especially the more contemporary uh, interpretations of the Mahavidyas, I always find this you know, justification of old values that have been present in the symbolism of Dumavati. Let me clarify it this way. For example, her being uh, displayed old, aging, decay, getting old and wrinkly and uh, whatever qualities it brings to your life is unwanted. It has been even more unwanted in the past. However, I read in many of those texts about the wisdom of old age, the wisdom of this crone energy, or how women in their old age can actually be very vibrant, can still have make love for hours, can still have partners, can still have a full life and so on. Of course, <laughs> you know, this old age paradigm, uh, it is changing. It's changing a lot. You know, like right now, World Health Organization says, uh, well, we need to redefine the whole age spectrum. You know, before uh, old age started maybe from the 50s and now middle age is until 65. And after 65, we are talking about old age. So compared to... Uh, what has been um, prevalent in the old context, especially considering how uh, limited the health uh, sector was, how um, underdeveloped uh, the communities were, of course, the way we look at old age is uh, different. Some also refer to the pressure on the feminine uh, because of this ageism, you know, there is obviously a huge pressure that is pushing a great percentage of women into plastic surgeries, into cosmetic interventions. Now, even men have that pressure. I can tell you, you know, like from my own uh, country, I sometimes watch, uh, the see, that's my guilty pleasure, I watch Turkish soap operas. 
And there used to be, yeah, handsome, nice-looking men and uh, beautiful women. Yeah, it's the cliche, right? But right now, they are showing all these hunky, amazing bodies, you know. They're showing very high standards for male beauty. Male art artists are even more prominent in their beauty and appearance than the female. So there's a growing pressure on the ageism around men as well. It's not like uh, just like before. Oh, uh, women uh, stop appearing in the on the screen after the age of 40, 50, and uh, men can act forever. Yes and no. Uh, this paradigm still exists, but it's changing. Uh, this is not what Dumawati represents. Dumavati does not represent the shiny and bright and wise aspects in an old uh, woman. That's not the symbolism is for. The symbolism is for highlighting something that is unwanted. And maybe old age is not an unwanted quality for one or the other. Maybe, not maybe, for sure, we need to fight ageism. This is a different story. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to highlight is what we are dealing with when we are looking into the eye of the unwanted. Second, the widow aspect. That's also a very controversial aspect because there are some depictions of Dumavati where she's actually quite perky. You will see in the module uh, one of the visuals where she's riding a crow. She's not on a chariot, but she's riding a crow. She's very young and she's very beautiful on that depiction. And here, uh, one of the researchers that I have consulted for, prepara for preparing this module says, maybe there's something around the widow energy being feared. Because the widow is also um, a kind of an attraction. It has an, uh, this uh, state in society has a magnetism to it. A young widow, an attractive widow, is a threat for uh, society, is a threat for married couples. <gasps> what if my husband uh, chases that widow? So there are there are lots of dirty values associated to uh, the widow energy. So that's why, because of that threat, um, the widow energy has a negative image. That's why it's unwanted. When we look at it in modern society, in those cultures, there was even the tradition of uh, jumping into the cremation uh, right after the husband, like Sati sacrifices herself. Uh, the, the wife has to sacrifice her life uh, when the husband dies. Of course, right now in this modern age, there is not such a value associated to uh, the widow. But this is, for you to understand, it's around breaking the taboos, breaking, going against the conventional. That's where you need to look for Dumavati energy. So these symbolisms may need to be altered for modern life. Think of the unwanted for you. Or uh, Dumavati as the unmarried. Being not married in those societies, if you are not a saint, if you are not a brahmachari, it's a failure. 
woman's job is either you get married and have children or you become uh, a, a nun, uh, a brahmachari, and uh, lock yourself in a monastery and throw away the key. There is not much of an alternative there. So that's a totally different paradigm than what we are uh, uh, living in right now. Uh, so basically, relationships are redefined. So for us, the unwanted may not be this, but still, this energy invites us to look into the huge social pressure on women when it comes to being married or not. What we can derive, though, uh, in connection with the other uh, spiritual values, Dumavati energy invites the practitioner to a certain kind of solitude. Therefore, marriage or social connection or all the youthful activities of life are not so desirable for a practitioner of Dumavati energy. So there is a certain independence of the norms, like in the widow, you know, like I have already married, I have my child or not, you know, I have done my duties, uh, I don't have a husband anymore, I'm free of uh, those uh, barriers in my life. You understand the quality? So there is a quality of uh, being against the norm, being against the taboo, being against um, all the limitations, and in a very solitary way. I had many, many experiences with practitioners of Dumavati who were joining uh, the Mahavidya Puja, these rituals that I used to run, facilitate, where uh, different women representing, uh, represented different energies. And almost all the practitioners of Dumavati who were doing a tapasya for 21 days to prepare for that ritual had the same experience. You know, my inner calling right now is to stay on my own. My inner calling right now is to be in my own energy. I don't want sex. I don't want relationships. I don't even uh, be socially connected to anyone. Forget about romanticism. I just want to be on my own. I want to do my practice and yes, just emptiness. That's what I'm emptiness, silence. That's what I need. So that's the quality of the energy. <laughs> we also had a very funny uh, experience uh, with Dumavati during those Mahavidya Pujas, actually. In all of them, something happened around the Shakti or the Shiva. They were always coupled in those uh, pujas, and normally for Dumavati, there shouldn't be any consort, because she is the only one uh, among the ten uh, Mahavidyas who does not have a consort. But since it's a ritual made with humans, and they have their feelings, and they don't want to be left out, we always said, okay, let's have a Shiva for Dumavati as well, so, so that that woman feels supported by, uh, by a partner. Which was a mistake, <laughs> because on one occasion, on two occasions, 
our uh, our shaktis uh, got held up at the border or their visa expired so we had to replace them in last minute and they couldn't do any practice with their shiva because of those logistics on another incident uh, the relationship between a married couple who were taking up this role got totally destroyed and actually soon after uh, they broke up uh, on another incident, the only incident where such a dramatic thing didn't happen was when there was no romantic relationship uh, between uh, the Shakti and Shiva representing Dumavati. And uh, they were both in their very solitary practice and they were really like, they were only supporting each other for the practice and, and had no other contact whatsoever. That's the only time when it actually worked. So this is a very, uh, we're not kidding. And I received lots of questions when Dumavati came up, when I was first uh, preparing for releasing this online workshop around, I want to work with Dumavati, I'm so excited with Dumavati, and I want to remove all the obstacles preventing me from reaching my uh, goals, spiritual goals, or uh, preventing me from my dharma and so on. And I had to say, no, <laughs> you know, no. And we are going to come to that. Why no? If you are a householder, you need to take care of your children. If you have a job and you're responsible for many people, if there are things in your life that you're not ready to let go of, then Dumavati is not the energy to work with. I remember a student of mine, she opened the studio and she was very fascinated by Dumavati. Amazing, you know, great. Great to be fascinated by her. But she put the yantra of Dumavati uh, in the entrance of the hall. And I'm like, look, <laughs> it's nice that you want to work with Dumavati, but you want Lakshmi in the studio. You want abundance in the studio to be able to maintain your business. So this is not really the energy to put into a space like that. You may have your connection with her, you may have your little personal space uh, to work with her, but Dumavati is not the energy to work with if you still have worldly concerns. So it's not about taking the easy ride. It's more around this idea in the, again, in the ashrama system, in the Hindu system, of the different stages in life. You know, you have uh, the brahmachari state where you are a student. You are learning about life. Then you have the Grihastha state where you're a householder. You take care uh, of your uh, professional skills. You work. Uh, you take care of family. You get into partnerships. Maybe have your own children. You know, you create, you make the best out of life. And then you come to, to the stage of retiring, Varaprastha stage. It's called forest walker in Sanskrit. And after that state, you are in the sannyasa state, which is the state of uh, being a renunciate. So Dumavati is this energy where you are not interested in worldly affairs anymore. And it corresponds to the, um, uh, to the ashrama system in such a way that uh, the four stages uh, of life are represented in the dharma, the, uh, the search for dharma, the righteous path for you to use your skills and talents in life in the way uh, that you're meant to. We all have a purpose in our in this existence. Or um, artha, 
the stage of uh, creating wealth and abundance, kama, enjoying the pleasures of life, and moksha, liberation. So in the dharma, artha, kama stages, uh, we are uh, not yet in the domavati frequency. When we are really, really not interested in the worldly affairs and are more uh, invested in uh, finding our realization before the big reunion, <laughs> before the big dissolution, then uh, it's more the Domavati time. And the paradox of um, the Mahavidyas uh, reveals itself in Domavati as well. So Dumavati in its pure form is the enemy of all low qualities that she is actually being represented in. The low quality of lust, desiring things constantly and doing everything that it takes to get what you desire, lust, or this angry depiction, or her greed, this insatiable hunger and thirst, or the arrogance, the ignorance, the delusion, uh, the jealousy. She is this unwanted old wife, uh, and Lakshmi is the desirable young wife. You know, all these depictions, all these low qualities, and when, uh, when a sadaka, when a practitioner reaches um, a pure connection with Dumavati, she erases them all. She is the enemy of all these low qualities that she is embodying in the symbolism. That's the paradox. In an, in an impure practice, uh, the practitioner, which is like the left hand and right hand tantra, the practitioner goes through all of these uh, negative uh, emotions to come out on the other side. That's the performance of tantra. There she helps in that way. So that's the dual nature. She is the energy that creates it all. She is the energy that dissolves it all. Everything comes out of void. Everything gets dissolved into void. But she is the one helping us to confront the unwanted. And I have an experience that was brutal. I had a very strong meditation experience where I was captured into this in this state of scarcity. Such a pain, such a suffering around the beliefs around, the beliefs that I was even afraid of uttering, you know, I'm not going to be loved in the way I want, I'm never going to get what I want, I'm never going to get this, I'm never going to, you know, like this strong, strong um, judgments that I was even afraid of saying, they were right in my face. And I was saying, I need to direct my mind to another path to another thing. I need to distract myself. This is too painful. And even there, it's like, no, stay in that scarcity, stay in this place of unwanted, you know, stay here. And eventually that, that uh, experience unfolded into bliss, but it was very difficult. To this day, I do not remember the bliss part of that meditation. The narrative brain knows that there was a bliss happening, but the experience of the scarcity, the pain of scarcity, that Dumavati energy was so, so, so scary and so painful for me uh, that my narrative sticks with that story instead of the bliss, which is sad. Hopefully I can, uh, I can recover that, but anyhow. So basically, um, 
she is the female principle of negation of all the phenomenal, of all the ephemeral illusionary manifestation. So if you have an interest in manifestation, that's not the energy to work with. Um, and, however, when there's a lack in the outside, then I have an interest to look inside. So she's an energy to work with in the quest for moksha, when I am renounce, renouncing all the worldly and I'm going inwards to find the stillness, to find the void. That's, that's different. That's different and that's the energy of Tumavati. It's paradoxical. It's paradoxical. On one hand, the priest would say she is the sad state of mind. On the other hand, she is the one that grants wishes immediately. It's paradoxical again. And that hides in the story of Hayatus, in the story of the void that we're going to talk about. Thank you for listening to my podcast on Tantra Log. Please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.